0: It's me Emma's thing and this is my podcast. That's what he said with over 12 years of blogging writing posting and sharing under my belt I've somehow grown a small audience who for whatever reason seem to really like me This podcast is just another extension of my blog and will offer unimportant life updates reviews on movies books shows daily musings about life in passing, commentary on current events, and of course, a lot of stories of my past, present, and future. Just try it out and see how you like it. That's what he said. We are back on That's What He Said with me, Emma's Thing. Hi, guys. I'm back in the closet, back on the floor in my new sort of closet setup, if you will. And It has taken me a second to get in here today to record, but I'm here now, and that's all that matters, and I am freshly full off of a Bread Zeppelin sandwich. If you are not familiar with what Bread Zeppelin is, it's an incredibly innovative sandwich shop that I wish was more widespread. I wish that there were locations everywhere and more locations here because it's it's like you're fucking sandwich carb dreams come true it's legitimately a piece of sourdough like a sourdough loaf that is um like the innards are scraped out so it's actually not as many carbs as it might seem and instead of having all of like the bready innards you get the amazing crunchy crust and they stuff it with salad or like your choice of stuffings. It is as amazing as it sounds, and uh, just for the record, my order from Bread Zeppelin is always the Caesar with chicken, and I add fresh avocado, and I also change up the lettuce mixture. I think it comes with romaine, but I get kale for that peppery bite, and also the Arcadian mix, and it is just so amazing. Oh, it's so so good. I have found that I I treat myself to bread Zeppelin probably twice a month and it's usually on a day like this, like when I know I have like a big task ahead of me and I want to feel fueled up and satiated and like I said, treat myself to something insanely delicious. So For this episode, I've mentioned the past few episodes that I want to get better about actually having a category to focus on once I get past kind of giving you guys my life updates. And for this episode, I'm really proud to say that not only have I... Um, created an outline for the episode to help keep myself in check. But I also engaged you guys asking for questions to sort of help with the topic of today, which is moving in for the first time with a significant other. But before we get going on that, I want to dive into part one, where I talk about what have you even been doing? Okay. So what have I been doing? Last we spoke, it was obviously last week. Um, on Thursday of last week, I, I've just been having such a hard time getting super focused with work. I, I 1000% have ADD. Like I, I just, I know that I do. I know I've probably always had it. Um, I think it's it might have even gotten like worse in my adulthood. I don't think it's like super bad to the point where I need medication for it, but it's just something that I fully recognize in myself and I really try not to use the term lightly because I know it kind of falls under the category of OCD. It's like we don't want to be throwing those terms around, but sometimes it's like the best way to describe what you're trying to say. So, Last week I just could not get in the zone. So I decided on Thursday that I was going to go to Foxtrot Market and post up for the afternoon and knock a bunch of shit out. And the thing is is like when I do stuff like that, when I can get focused, I can get all of my shit done for the day in like two hours. What I mean, it I just become so efficient and it's like one after the other and I'm on a roll. But getting to that that sort of um very concentrated uh, point can be really trying for me. So I love going to Foxtrot to work. I love going there in general. Um, I I am a partner with them. Like, basically, the partnership is they deposit a lump sum into my Foxtrot account every month. So I have like some money to spend there in store. And obviously, when I when I go there and spend that money, you know, it's like, a, it's not like a contract by any means, but you know, they're hoping that I'll post about it. And I always do. Um, and I'm very excited actually, because I feel like I heard a rumor. Maybe it's not even a rumor. It's probably the truth, that they're opening a third Dallas location on Knox, which I I live on Henderson. If you're not a Dallas person, it's like one long street that's connected and it's separated by a highway. And it's I mean, walking to Knox is a 10 minute walk from my house. So if that is the case, I am going to be at Foxtrot even more. And don't worry, I've already emailed them and been like, hey, can we talk about like bolstering this partnership if you guys are actually opening within walking distance from me because we need to talk. So Went to Foxtrot, got um, an iced latte with sugar-free vanilla and almond milk. So fucking good! Their iced coffee's really delicious. I had their Caesar Caesar. <laughs> I had their kale Caesar salad. Um, it's not that great. It's really not that great. I think they have better things to offer. But I was just like trying to keep it really easy. So I got all my stuff done. It felt freaking amazing. And then Merritt and I had plans to go to dinner. And she on a whim decided to just like, see, see if it could happen if we could get a reservation at Carbone Vino here in Dallas that just opened. If you aren't familiar with Carbone, it's a really big staple in New York. It's out of New York. It's Italian. Um, it's a really big deal and actually a little nugget of information that I did not know, Carbone's apostrophe S where Zach and I go at least one Monday every month, that is Dallas. Like that is Dallas owned. It has no affiliation with the New York Carbone. I feel like somewhere along the way I heard that it did or I was made to believe that it did, but the two are totally separate. They just have the same name, more or less. Um, so, I mean, that was news to me. I was like, oh, Carbone's is getting a second location. But no, that's not that's not the case. So there's a legitimate Carbone and then Carbone Vino is like their lighter piece of restaurant and they're literally right next door to each other in the design district in Dallas so it's really hard to get a reservation there right now but if you go to resi.com you can get notified like you can literally say you know I want to go to dinner on Wednesday with three people between the hours of six and eight and you can set that notification and if something arises they will um, email you and you just got to make sure to grab it right away so that's what happened to Merit so we went to Carbone Vino on Thursday night at 6 45 and I just have to say the decor is uh, incredible like it's just such a fucking scene and vibe as soon as you walk in again this is Carbone Vino I don't know what the actual Carbone next door is like I I imagine it's much more traditional, like super dark, moody, uh, heavy Italian. I don't know, maybe like the mafia is in there. Who fucking knows? Maybe like Tony Soprano. Anyway, Carbon Vino is it's just light, like it just feels lighter. I mean, there's like open air flowing through, there's totally, there's like a total like interior covered space, and then there's sort of like an enclosed patio, but not at the same time. Anyway, it's just so beautiful. The presentation of everything was beautiful. I thought the food was really good. I wasn't obsessed with it. Like, it's not the best Italian food I've ever had. I personally, for me, Carbone's, the original, not the original, the Dallas original one that Zach and I go to that I just mentioned, I just... I, I like it a lot more, but Carbone Vino is like definitely more of a vibe. It's a little more like C and B scene. Also, really like the most exciting thing to me on their menu is the insane ice cream sundae that Merritt posted about in her stories whenever she went a few weeks ago. Um, but it was just the two of us and it's literally the most massive sundae and I just knew I knew that I, I needed to exercise some self-control and that it would be better to get it, you know, somewhere down the line when it's like a bigger group of people and I, you know, don't eat the entire thing on my own, which I am sure, I'm sure that I could do. But it was really fun catching up with Merit. We hadn't seen each other in a really long time because our our schedules have just been like completely opposite. So that was really lovely. And it the people watching was amazing. Like that, I can't not talk about that. I mean, like I said, it's a scene and it's literally the most popular spot in Dallas right now in terms of new restaurants. So it's like everyone and their mom was there, all walks of life. And a lot of like really fancy people, like some of the outfits I was seeing were very high end designer, like. Labels just, I don't, it felt like we were in like fucking LA. I mean, that's legitimately, it's like I left the house and my, you know, rainbow stripe Target dress that I, I mean, I felt really good in and it's super fucking cute. And we got there and I was like, oh, wow. I didn't know this was like red carpet status shit. It was, it was wild. So then on a Friday, I treated myself to a little Target run and I think I posted about some of the stuff that I got. It wasn't anything crazy. Honestly, like my biggest takeaway from it was the new super incredibly happy sunburst rainbow doormat that I got sorry about that um just got an email and um I definitely shared that and and that was that was fun and then I also shared a blog post last Friday that I wrote um for moms and it's called dear moms I sort of get it now and I was saying on the podcast last week that I really wanted to hurry up and get my thoughts out about my experience being in Chicago for the week that I was, uh, you know, earlier this month and um, kind of being thrown into the thick of uh, being a mom of twins, more or less, and also a caretaker on the side for my sister. And um, I just had a lot of, I just had a lot of takeaways from that and some insights and learn some things about myself and about the whole adventure of being a mom. I mean, it's like I know that I can't really ever know until I officially am. That's why I titled the blog post. I sort of get it now. But I think I think I got as close to the real deal as possible. So if you haven't had a chance to read that post, definitely head to my blog msthing.com and give that a little once over. Later in the day on Friday, I really wanted to like go on a walk or get happy hour with one of my best friends, Whitney, but um I tried this new protein powder from Trader Joe's, which like everything from Trader Joe should be safe, right? I it's it was the unsweetened pea protein because I'm just so fucking tired. I hate that you have to Like I get why there are so many protein powder flavors because, you know, a lot of people just like drink the protein powder with milk, like shake it all together. But like for me, protein powder is the base for a smoothie. And so I don't ever want the powder itself to overwhelm the actual like flavor profile I'm going for with my smoothie. It's even like even if I use like vanilla protein powder when I'm making a strawberry banana smoothie, it it's like it ends up tasting like fucking vanilla. And that's not what I wanted. So I got the unsweetened, unflavored kind from Trader Joe's. And I think it just fucked with my stomach because all of a sudden I just had these like little dagger pains in my stomach and um, it just sucked. And so I had to back out on Whitney and that made me really sad because we hadn't like spent time together in a second, and I actually ended up napping um, from like four to five or like four to five thirty, which is so unlike me. But also, like I was PMSing, so maybe that's kind of where that extreme exhaustion came from. So anyway, I woke up at five thirty. Pretty much felt like a new woman. I definitely slept off whatever was going on with my stomach, and. Um, I had made a reservation at Cane Rosa, which is like a Neapolitan pizza place um, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I made a reservation at the downtown location because that is where Zach and I are doing our rehearsal dinner. I owe you guys an update on all of that drama. Basically, it's like, long story short, it's really fucking hard to find a, a good place that can seat you know, up to or maybe even a little over 70 people for a rehearsal dinner. But we finally found that in Cane Rosso. And that was 100% my mom's idea. So shout out to Ellen for that thought even crossing her mind. It has worked out perfectly. It's like they have like a big private space for it. And like the doors close and you don't have to, there's no like through traffic with bathrooms and there's a TV and it's just, it's going to be awesome. So we hadn't been to Conde Rosso to eat in a while. So I just grabbed a reservation for us on Friday, kind of to do some recon, but really just to have a delicious meal and make 3000% sure that it's as delicious as we remember. And the good news is that it is and it was and it was a delight. And then um, kind of like right next door to the restaurant is one of Zach's favorite bars in Dallas that I we've never been to together ever. It's called Adair Saloon and they always have live music and it's like one of the last true, you know, dive bars and it has that dive bar vibe. Like there's pool and shuffleboard all the way in the back and it's kind of like a... It's kind of like a straight shot, almost like a, like a trailer, like a double, like a double wide trailer. It's just front to back. And like the music is right up at the front when you walk in the door. And, you know, they've had people writing on all of their wood walls with Sharpie for years and years. So like every inch of it is covered with people's names and quotes and crass shit So we listened to this band play and uh, they were really, really good. And they had some merch and one of the t-shirts said, I just want to get stoned. And that was one of their songs. And it was actually a really good song. And so Zach ended up buying one for himself and for his best friend. And I only am telling you guys that because I posted him wearing it the following night on Saturday and I got a lot of DMs that was like, oh my God, where the fuck is that shirt from? I need it. And I didn't have a link because we got it literally from a band's merch table. We hung out at Adair's for like a while, like probably like an hour to an hour and a half. And we had like a whiskey drink and we had a beer. And once we were done, Zach was like, do you want to walk around Deep Ellum? And I was like, yeah okay so the thing is I mean and I think it's like this in every single city but parts of cities go through reinventions every I don't know let's say every like 10 years so I have been back in Dallas since graduating college for I don't know someone do the math 13 years oh my god (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> Thirteen years. So when I first moved back to Dallas, um, so like I missed what Deep Ellum, which is in Dallas's downtown, which like the actual downtown of Dallas needs a lot of work, and it's actually getting a lot of work done, and like I think there might be some serious potential for it to be more of a destination. I digress. When I first moved back, Deep Ellum was where the hipsters went and like cool hipsters it's very heavy in the music scene and you know I mean it's just like there's no there was no preppiness there there was no real like clubbing um there weren't vibes like that like it was you know it kind of it, it was kind of like I don't know I I I keep wanting to say Austin but I don't know if that's even like a a correct way to describe it. But anywho, so that's what I always knew it as. And I had my Deep elm phase, like probably from ages like 25 to like 27 or 28. I ran with the Deep elm crew. I like knew a lot of like the music people, all the local bands. And I mean, it like just I've realized how small of a wor- world Dallas is um and I thought I was like you know like a groupie but not really and I was like super fucking cool and <laughs> I don't know it was, a, it was a weird time y'all self-discovery is wild um but then Deep Ellum started becoming more popular and getting like populated by like diff- just different kinds of people like not so much like music-centric people but like you know, like the kids from uptown and um, kind of like just the preppier side of Dallas started hanging out in Deep Ellum. And and then I I just kind of grew out of the phase altogether. And so I haven't been down there in a really long time, like to do anything, to like hang out, like nothing. So Zach and I did this walkabout in Deep Ellum on Saturday night, and it was just fucking wild like I can't believe the amount of like super tall buildings that have gone up and like so many like multi-level apartment complexes like nice apartment complexes like there was like nowhere to live down there when I you know like 10 years ago I mean if there was it was like really cool weird hidden lofts it wasn't like you know, a 20 floor apartment building. So that was really wild. And it just felt like mayhem. It was very chaotic. They have started closing down the streets on Debellum on the weekends, kind of like they do with Sixth Street, which is actually incredibly smart. Um, But I just didn't know that they were doing that. And so it's just kind of like a free for all, like, so many people like bouncing from club to club, like so many clubs. I just was like, what are all these fucking places? Like the loudest music um, and so many fucking cops. Like I, I don't know if it's like that every weekend, because like I said, I mean, I don't hang out down there anymore. So I, I don't, I don't have like a barometer for that. But We cannot believe the amount of cops. And, like, the cops are walking around in, like, groups, like, posses. And all of them seemed to, it was, like, very aimless. And they were just, you know, like, six, seven cops deep, just kind of, like, meandering around Deep Ellum. It was just so weird. It was so weird. And I was like, wow, I... I really feel out of place here. Like I'm not even cool enough or like energized enough to be in this sort of environment. Like, and like, also it's really sad because, you know, a handful of places that I really did love in Deep Elm are gone. And that's always a weird thing too. That's always, it's a weird thing. And it's always a very high sign that you're getting older. Like I was like, oh, we're old. Like the fact that I am now in Deep Ellum being like, "Man, this is not what it used to be." That I remember, I remember like old hipsters when I first moved back to Dallas being like, "Ugh, yeah, Deep Ellum is just like being ruined." And they would say that about Greenville too, like, "Oh, we miss the old days on Greenville, and now it's like completely different." So, it was just it was very bizarre, and Zach was like, "Do you want to stop in?" one more place and have a drink. I was like, honestly, no, (laughs) I really don't. I want to get out of here. Um, and on top of all of that, now they have like parking garages, which also is bizarre. Like, I mean, parking was never fun in Deep Ellum, but you kind of just made do and found wherever you could. And there were like big lots and uh, you know, that's, that's just how people did it back in my day and now there's this parking garage it's like a million stories high and super nice but zach had to pay 20 fucking dollars to park there 20 like we were out between dinner and adair's and walking around we were out for like two, two and a half to three hours like three hours max so that was that was bizarre. On Saturday, I had the Sierra Winter Jewelry event at the Virgin Hotel, which it's another spot that it's newer. It's super fucking hip. I had only been one other time when it first opened to get a drink with some friends. I have not been back since. Um, and wow, I mean it. That it's impressive. That hotel is. There's so much to look at. The decor is so cool I couldn't take it all in fast enough it's like I wanted to take pictures of so much shit as like home interior inspiration but I didn't um but it was just it was really really awesome being there and doing the trunk show was super fun we were set up in what they call the funny library which is basically like their coffee shop like the two are connected so um it was just it was Super again, it was like more people watching for the entire day, just kind of watching hotel patrons. And there was actually a wedding going on that day. And so um, tons of wedding guests. And then also like when bridesmaids would be done with their hair and makeup, they were coming down. They were like stopping, looking at the jewelry, getting coffee. Um, another, by the way, another amazing coffee place that does great ice lattes. Um, highly suggest getting some coffee there if you are ever in the area. Um, I got to meet a couple of followers who came out, and that was awesome. Thank you so much to you guys. You know who you are. And just ogled Sierra, went to Julia all day. Whitney and Annie came by, which was so lovely of them, the best friends ever. Oh, and what was so crazy is that the wedding that was happening there, the photographer is my wedding photographer. So I got to see her. She stopped by the jewelry show and I introduced her to everyone and we were just like chatting it up. And it was just so cool to see her in action, you know, like decked out in all black, ready to go. When I finally got home on Saturday, I was spent, I mean, we were there from like 11 to five on our feet, you know, making small talk with, Passersby the entire day. So um, I just like did not have the energy on Saturday night. And Zach and I ended up ordering um, burgers and fries for delivery from Angry Dog, which is one of the Deep Ellum staples that I swear to God, if it ever goes away, like if it ever gets pushed out, I'm going to be so upset. It's like one of my favorite, if not maybe my favorite, cheeseburger in Dallas. It's just, they just do it right. And it's very simple. And it was absolutely delicious. I was starving. And we just loaded up on, on our burgers and fries. And, and then we watched TV and went to bed. It was a very, very chill Saturday. Oh, my God, y'all. We're making great time. We're already to Sunday, which is a feat for me. So Sunday, the main thing that happened is that my sister and her wife and the babies came to town. So they are staying here for basically like two weeks, kind of like two and a half ish weeks. And it's a long visit. It's a it's a overdue extended visit, if you will. Um, but in a way it's it's a little bit also of a test run in terms of trying to make their way to Dallas. And that's like a whole other thing, but my sister wants to be here so bad. Like they've been in Chicago since they met. I mean, that's where they met. My sister has been there since she graduated college, um, and now with the twins, I mean, she just, she just is feeling such a pull to get to Dallas and be here and be near to us and in the thick of things. Um, there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of things to consider and figure out and. I think we all know that moving is the number one most stressful thing. And especially when, I mean, it's, it would be a massive move. It's a huge move in terms of like, um, just like their lifestyle, culture, everything, everything. So um, so they're here. So if you see them on my stories a lot for the next couple of weeks, that is why. So we got them from the airport on Sunday and it was like a caravan because they brought their dog and there was just a lot. There was a lot happening. So we got them transferred to Plano and settled at my parents, and then Zach and I came back to our side of town and ended our weekend with a very early dinner at Mia's Tex-Mex, which I've talked about before. It's just so good. It's just really like no no big bells and whistles, uh, very traditional Tex-Mex. And I really can't recommend it enough if you are on the hunt for a casual, cheap, Tex-Mex experience. So then Monday was Zach and I's two-year dating anniversary, which I know like once we have our wedding anniversary, celebrating a dating anniversary is just going to be really silly and we probably won't be celebrating it. We'll just be acknowledging it. But this is our last time, you know, like celebrating it before we have a bigger, bigger date on the books. So we went back to sister, which I went to for my birthday with Annie and Whitney, um, you know, earlier this month, Zach hadn't been. So we went, it was lovely. We had a really wonderful time. We pretty much like got almost all the same stuff that I got when I went with Annie and Whitney. And then we were debating dessert afterward. And we didn't really see anything on the menu that we were super excited about. So Zach was like, why don't we go to Kroger and pick out whatever we want? And I was like, oh my God, you're bad. So we went to Kroger and I don't even know y'all. Like, I don't know what got into us on Monday night. I think we were just in a really good mood. we had had a really fun dinner. We are we love each other like i don't know but we were just on one just being so fucking stupid at kroger and i think too like i'm just realizing this by saying it we don't grocery shop together ever like i handle all of the groceries, which is something that I'm going to talk about later in this episode when we get into moving in with your significant other. So it's very rare when we're like at the supermarket together. And so we were just riffing and reporting on opened sugar cookie packages in aisle nine. And I don't like Zach like was totally good with being on camera, which is so rare. So anytime that He's in that mode. I have to capitalize on it. And we just had a fucking blast. And um he ended up getting gluten free Oreos, double stuff, obviously, always. And um some like dark cherry ice cream by Tillamook. I mean, neither were my choice. I was kinda like, I don't really need anything. I I think I'm good. And we came home and watched the Mavs win and it was a really lovely little celebration. And then on Tuesday, which was yesterday, I finally got to meet the Ascot and Heart ladies. Now Ascot and Heart is a a retail line and they have been around forever. Like I don't know if anyone listening has been following them since the beginning, but if you have, you might know what I'm going to talk about which is when they first started they sold these these boots by Matisse and I never heard of Matisse until them and they were these black booties that they were pointed and they had like a pretty large tongue but they were backless and they had straps that like wrapped around your ankle they were just the fucking coolest shoe I had ever seen honestly to this day maybe the coolest shoe I've ever seen I've never seen anything like it anything even close to it since and that was like my first purchase from them and I just remember being so excited and you know I think Instagram was happening at that time and posting about it on Instagram and they like commented to me and so, I've been like, you know, very aware of them for a long time and then they actually, so Jen and Laura are the two women behind it. And they are actually also the the women behind the Instagram accounts Target does it again and Costco does it again. And they started the Target does it again literally just out of a mutual love of going to Target and spending money on shit that you don't need and it just blew up it has almost a million and a half followers now and then they did the same with Costco because that was another place they were going all the time and buying things from and wanted to share their finds and now the Costco does it again account has a million followers so it's pretty insane and I have written for them in multiple different capacities over the last few years and a oh, like a lot more recently. And so basically I was like, I think it's high time that um, I actually come to the shop slash warehouse. So I went there. um, It's in Richardson. I went there yesterday and it's not like in a strip mall, like it's like legitimately a warehouse. It's just like the, the front half of it is their Ascot and Heart shop that you can actually like buy products from and stuff like that. And everything else is, you know, bulk supply warehouse and their offices and all of that. And it was just such an amazing time. It's like I've talked to Jen on the phone. We've obviously emailed and messaged back and forth a million times, but still, it was like I was meeting her for the first time, but it's like we had known each other forever. They're so my type of people. It's just so rare, I feel like, in life when you meet another woman in person and it just clicks instantly. It's like so natural, so effortless. You're like, oh, like you get it. You just get it. I don't have to explain it to you. Like we laugh at the same things where we talk about the same things. We're interested in the same things. And it was a blast. I ended up staying there for three hours, which I did not. I did not anticipate. I thought maybe I'd be there for like an hour and a half. Um, but that was really lovely. And now we are here before I get into part two about what I've been watching, reading and listening to lately. Let's take a quick ad break. All right. We are back on the That's What He Said podcast and we are diving into part two where I talk about what I've been reading, watching and listening to lately. So Saturday night, Zach and I finished Life and Beth, which is the Amy Schumer show on Hulu. And I just have to say, guys, like 10 out of 10, it was amazing. I mentioned this last episode, but it definitely takes a second to get going. Like the first two episodes are kind of like, "What? What the fuck is going on here?" But just stick with it. It's incredible. It's just so it's so my type of show and writing. I mean, I've always loved Amy Schumer. I I love a comedian who just tackles the raw side of life, and that's exactly what this show does. And it's a little autobiographical in terms of like her meeting her husband and um, kind of how that relationship unfolded. And uh, it's just so good. It's so good. If If you like, you know, dramedies about dysfunctional families and you like just the authenticity of what day-to-day life really is like and how fucked up people can be, and you love them in spite of how fucked up they can be, this show is absolutely for you. I'm also still going strong with the second book in the um, A Court of Thorns and Roses series, and it's called A Court of Mist and Fury. I I really, really like it so far. I'm only like 65 pages in out of like 600, so I barely made a dent, but it's already reading like a bit smoother than the first book. And I'm not kidding you. I think I've gotten easily like 50. Anytime that I post about the the entire series, people DM me and they're like, oh my God, just wait for book number two. It's my favorite book of all time. So I mean, I'm I'm definitely not, I'm not keeping that top of mind because I don't want to you know, have super high expectations or anything like that. But I can tell you that I really am enjoying it so far. And I can't wait to see how, you know, the next chapter of all this unfolds and what the plot is and, and uh, what's going to happen. All right, so now is part three. And today I'm focusing on talking about moving in with your significant other. It has been uh, a little over a year since Zach and I moved in together. And at the six month mark, I did write a blog post about what I had learned from my first six months of living with Zach. So if you want to check that out, or maybe if you read it when I put it out last October, um, that is on EmmaThing.com. And I think it's under the home category. And it is literally, I think, called like the six, the six things that I've learned so far from moving in with a guy. <laughs> um, but when I was on Merritt's podcast um, like a month or so ago, she had actually um, brought that subject up because that's obviously, obviously, something that's on her mind for whenever that happens, and kind of like adjusting to that and what it's like. And we talked about it a little bit on her podcast. I can't remember if it was part one or part two, because there's two episodes. But it, it really sparked something in me. And it made me want to uh, kind of expand on the topic on one of my own episodes. So I put out a question box on both my personal Instagram and the podcast Instagram. Um, yesterday and had you guys send in your burning questions when it comes to moving in with your significant other for the first time so I have a handful of questions to answer but I kind of wanted to start out just giving you like my my top takeaways before we dive into y'all's queries so the biggest thing with me is that I was really anxious and I'm a very anxious person in general like I literally have generalized anxiety disorder so I just find things to sort of latch on to um it's a little bit of OCD it's like I just I get on a loop in my head about whatever I'm anxious about until I just beat it into the ground or really honestly just like beat my mind down so much that I'm tired of thinking about it so um I was really excited to move in with Zach, but then when it like came down to it, like when it was, you know, the week before, my anxiety really kicked into high gear. And it was just, you know, I mean, I I believe that's more natural than anything, and especially because I literally lived alone from age um, 23 up until I moved in with Wissack. So I moved in, I guess, when I was literally like a week shy of my 34th birthday. So I had been living by myself for, you know, over a decade. And uh, I loved it. I fucking love living on my own so much. It was the most amazing thing. It's true what they say, like, once you do it, you can't go back. Like you can't go back to a roommate. And I always said, I'll never go back to a roommate. Like the next time I live with someone, it will be the guy that I'm going to marry. There were a lot of adjustments for me. I mean, I think the main, like one of the main things is that I'm very much the type that when I move, whether it's on my own or whatever, I immediately want to unpack everything and I want everything in its right place. It's like, I very unrealistically want my new place to be completely set up within like a week of being there. And that was already hard enough for me to accomplish living by myself. So it was doubly hard moving in with Zach because it was I was moving into his home like he has been in this home. He has been established in this home and I was just kind of like charging in with all of my shit and We didn't know where half of my stuff was going to go and how we were going to blend our styles together or anything like that. So I will say that you really need to level set your expectations in terms of getting everything the way you want it to be. Because literally, we just hit a year mark this month and we still we still have a couple of outstanding projects and things to accomplish in this house, but it not until very recently did it finally feel like we have tackled everything. And, you know, if you had told me that before I moved in, like, okay, like it's going to be great, but it's going to, you know, take a full year and then some to really, really get settled. I would have been like, what the fuck? Like, what? What am I signing up for? I don't want to do this. And that's just the reality of it, especially if like you want to do stuff right. And that's a thing. It's like, you know, even though Zach had been living here at the same time, it was a blank slate in a way as well, which was really nice for me. And that's that's how he wanted it to be because he was very adamant about like, I know that you're moving into my home, but I want this to be our home. Like I want you everywhere. I want all like the essence of Emma in every room. I want this to feel like home to you. And it took a while for that to happen for me. I mean, again, going back to having been on my own for so long, not just living alone, but like, not being in a serious thing, like not meeting my husband until I was, uh, you know, 34 or 33. I don't know. When did I meet him? Oh, my God, 33, I guess. I just was very set in my ways. And I, you know, in my routines, and my methods, like the way that I ran my ship. And so it was it was an adjustment. And, you know, someone asked me in the questions um, that you guys sent in something about like keeping your independence. And that was another thing for me as well. Like I was so used to like doing everything on my own time, like running shit on my own time. And so and it's like it's not that big of a deal. It's not hard to figure out when you move in with your partner but like it does just take a second and you guys got to figure out what works best for both of you especially like if your schedules aren't the same or they don't align or you know if someone prefers um eating at this time instead of this time and and all of that I will say that in Zach's previous marriage he had told me that um they rarely ate dinner together during the week um, just because of how their schedules were. Like, he would work a bit later and she didn't really like to wait and would eat dinner, like, really early. And so he was getting home later and, like, basically reheating dinner. And I did let him know before I moved in. I was like, that is a non-negotiable for me. Like, unless there are extenuating, extenuating circumstances, we will be eating dinner together every night and, like, we're going to figure out a time that we can agree on. And, you know, that's when that's when I'm going to serve dinner, because that's a really important thing to me. And that is, you know, how I grew up, like we had family dinner, every night of the week, you know, unless my dad was out of town for work, or if my parents had some sort of social engagement, we sat down as a family of four, even it like, even if, you know, the actual act of eating dinner took us like 10 to 15 minutes. We sat there and had that moment. And so, you know, that kind of shit is really important to me. Another really, really big moment in moving in with Zach was learning to exist separately together. And I sort of alluded to this, or not even alluded, I kind of talked about it on a previous episode about how like I I'm definitely anxious attachment style and I was so insecure in all of my previous relationships that like if, if they wanted to do something, I would like cancel all their plans to do that with them because I was just so not confident in knowing that if I said no or that I was busy, that they would reach out again. And, um, you know, I just made myself so insanely available and, um, you know, would get, I I was definitely that girl who would get in something and that would be my everything. And I, you know, would put that first before my friends. And I'm not saying that that was a good thing to do. I'm just saying that was the reality of it. So, um, living with the guy was like a whole different, Uh, practice in that, in that realm. So for the first few months, I kind of struggled internally, like, okay, like we're living together. So when we're both home, we should be together. Like if he is in the closet doing laundry, I should be in the closet with him. If he is in his office doing something, I should be in the office with him. Like we should be together at all times under the same roof when we're both here and if we're not, then like something is wrong. Then like, oh, no, we're just roommates or, um, you know, like I would just get into that kind of like negative feedback loop in my mind. So it took me a second to realize that that is so unrealistic and that's not how it needs to be at all. It's just like I just been so used to doing my very own thing for so long that now that I had this other like body in the room I was like oh well we need to be consistently engaged because otherwise like what are we doing here and that's just not that's just not it like especially if you especially if you are trying to be like this is my home as well you got to make yourself at home and you got to do the things that you would normally do whether or not someone was there with you because that's just you living your life and they need to continue to live their lives as well and you'll come together for dinner and you'll come together for um you know watching TV or you know there are nights where Zach has to plug into work and I will sit in his office with him and do my own work like that happened last night but that's not every night and really I mean we're over a year in and I'm still you know I'm I'm a lot more comfortable with it now, but I still have moments where I'm like, wait, is this weird that like we're both home and we're not hanging out even though we're both here? The same is especially true for sleeping. I will say that was a really big hurdle for me because I had a very weird nighttime routine that just worked for me. Like I always, always fell asleep to watching The Office typically on my laptop, but sometimes on my phone if my laptop was dead or something like that. And I almost always would take some sort of like crunchy, crackery carb into bed with me, which is a horrible fucking habit. And like kind of mindlessly snack on that while I watched the office and passed out. Like that is what I did for years, for years. And Cece's been sleeping with me since she was six months old, like she's been in the bed with me. I was a single woman, of course, my dog was going to be up in the bed sleeping next to me. And Zach was not used to those things, and he's also a really insanely bad sleeper. Like, he's been like that s- his entire life. His mom has validated that. She has said, Yes, I can vouch. Like, he's always been just a really bad sleeper. Like, he has really bad insomnia, he has to take. Sort of like a cocktail of sleeping aids to even be able to fall asleep and stay asleep. And uh, he can hear a pin drop. So that was also a pretty big adjustment for sure. Like I would just be so scared to move around or just kind of like act natural in bed because I didn't want to wake him up um, because I would wake him up and it was not pleasant. But we got past that. We got past that and figured it out. Uh, let's dive into the questions that y'all asked. So I'm not so much rambly and I'm actually um, answering what you guys want to know. So funnily enough, I'm not making this up. A question that I asked several times in all different kinds of ways was about pooping, like <laughs> being comfortable to poop in the home. Do you poop with the door open? Just poop in general. And I thought that was really funny. Um, I have never, ever had an anxiety about that. But I know that that's rare. And I know that people are very particular about their poops, where they poop, when they poop, the environment surrounding them as they're having their bowel movement. I get that. And I that's a very real thing. I mean, you hear all the time about how people go on vacations or they're taken out of their comfort zone and they suddenly get insanely constipated and they don't poop the entire trip even if they're away for like a week. So I again I've never really had those anxieties and what's really lovely about our house is that there are three bathrooms and very early on Zach and I designated which bathrooms were our pooping bathrooms. So Zach has the front bathroom. It's the first one. It's right off the kitchen. That is his bathroom. He is the most comfortable in there. He likes the height of the toilet. I take the other guest bathroom that's a little further down our hallway, um, kind of across from the guest room and the pantry. And I don't know. I, I don't know what it is about the setup in there. I just really enjoy it. I like the lighting. I like the decor. And that is where I do my dookies. Both of us will use our master bathroom um, every now and again. But for the most part, really and truly, Zach does not stray from his bathroom. And I make it a point to like basically never use it. Even if I just have to pee during the day, I have just trained myself to where it's not natural for me to go in that bathroom and I 1000% in my mind have painted this picture that every time I go into Zach's bathroom, it's just going to be like covered in shit. Like there's going to be literal poop everywhere, skin marks. It's going to smell. It's going to be disgusting. I don't know. Like, I don't know what, why I think these things about my fiance. He is not disgusting and he would never allow a, a situation or a shit Situation like that to happen but we just we just stay out of each other's ways and there have been plenty of times where Zach needs to go right now but we're like in the middle of watching you know a television show out in the living room and he's like I need you to blast the sound on that or turn on some music really loud so you don't hear anything So that's the pooping situation. And if you're someone who has anxiety about pooping around others, I would say just be open about that and just talk to them about a system that you guys can put into place so you don't have that anxiety and so you have privacy and you're left alone. And if that means that they need to accommodate you by turning on some music really loud and going the furthest away from the bathroom that they can. Then so be it. Like you, you'll figure out your routine and you will get comfortable and it will get better. Someone asked, "How did we know that it was time to move in?" And I thought that was a really interesting question because I, if you were, if you're moving in before you're engaged or even if you have no plans of ever being engaged or married it it's kind of it's it's weird right like it's it's a weird thing to think like how am I gonna know that it's time to move in I mean the obvious answer and what's easiest is if one of you has you know you're paying rent and your lease is up and that kind of makes the decision for you so with Zach and I we talked about moving in um toward the end of twenty twenty. And whereas Zach was like, I think that you should move in at the new year and like let's just start 2021 off with a bang, I wasn't ready. Like I I just wasn't. I was like, I think I'd feel more comfortable if we I'm a I'm a numbers girl and I'm very like I'm O C D with stuff like that. Like I just I pay so much attention to any and all types of numbers. Like I like to have milestones and dates and stuff like that. So I was like, I just think that I would feel more comfortable if we waited um until we we had been together for a legitimate year. And again, that's just complete personal preference. It's just what felt right for me. I know people who have moved in after like a few months. And I I know people who are engaged right now and still have never lived together. Um, I just think that for us, it got to a point where we were spending so much time together. And I was like, literally packing up a bag to last me like the entire week. So I could just come over here on like a Monday and stay for like several nights in a row without having to drive back to my place. And so it kind of was like, all right, this is a little ridiculous. And like, you know, we know that we are going to be together. We know that um, we want to get married eventually. And so why not just like figure out when we think is the best time to, you know, combine our lives. So my lease actually wasn't up on my old place until the very end of July. So I moved out like three months early and it was super stressful finding um, a sublet for that time, especially because my landlord was the absolute fucking worst, and I couldn't I couldn't put out word about me even even trying to get a sublet until I had gotten the okay from him, which literally took him months to give me. So, like to the general public, whenever I said, you know, is anyone looking for a you know a a one one, um it looked like it was insanely last minute, but it actually wasn't. And um, God, that time was so fucking stressful. But anyway, long story short, I think you just got to have an open conversation with them, kind of like what they're thinking, um, the reasons that you would want to move in together, and if it makes sense for y'all. And, you know, you'll know, you'll know when it's right and when it's time and like when the idea excites you more than it stresses you out or feels rushed okay someone asked what is something that I didn't know about Zach that I learned when we moved in and I will say that I didn't know that Zach has a work Zach and a home Zach and I know that for people who have watched or are watching Severance that probably hits different for me to explain it like that I we still haven't started Severance but we fully plan to. Um, but I didn't know that because the only Zach that I was seeing was home Zach, and so that was like a little bit of a shock for me to see how not he's not like so different, but he's he's very like he's in business mode and he's in work mode, and even like the days that he comes home for lunch, he it's not the same kind of vibe. Like it's not like a happy-go-lucky vibe I think it's like when you're not living together and you're dating the times that you're hanging out and seeing each other those are like the most relaxed times so that's how you know that person and then when you move in together and you're under one roof you're seeing all the different facets of their day and all of the different moods that they might go through and so that was just like whoa like Again, not like it was insanely different, but at the same time, I was just like, I don't know this like serious focused Zach as well as I thought I did. So yeah, that's something that I learned right away. Um, Someone also asked what our biggest pet peeves are with each other, like in terms of living together. I asked Zach this last night and he was very quick with his response. <laughs> he Immediately said the way that I park, and he said it's because I park dead center in the driveway, so I make it next to impossible for him to take the trash can out on Sunday night and bring it back on Monday afternoon. And he has to physically lift up the trash cans every now and again because I park so tightly and don't leave enough room on either side. Um, He has never for the record, he has never mentioned this to me. He has never hinted at it. We've never discussed it. But boy, he was ready to tell me that he does not like that. So I will be changing that and parking more left adjacent or right adjacent. It's just hard for me because, you know, I'm a very centered kind of gal and I like to hit my marks. For me, um, I would say my biggest pet peeve and also something that I found to like a stereotype that I found to be incredibly true and realize why it's a stereotype is that Zach doesn't know where literally anything is in the kitchen or pantry. Like, I'm not exaggerating. We put the kitchen together, together. Like, we put the dishes and cups and utensils and everything in their place together. That was a joint effort. Yet he still has no idea where anything is. Um, He also doesn't know like where food is yes it's in the refrigerator or pantry but he's only willing to open both and like kind of do a scan and if he doesn't see what he's looking for right away he just gives up and he doesn't know so i cannot tell you how many times i have come home and there's like a new extra bag of baby carrots or celery that he got, even though there were both in the veggie drawer waiting for him. But he just never, he never thought to look in the veggie drawer. So he just buys extras and then everything goes bad. (laughs) It's fine. A few people asked how we split bills and how we do finances. So Zach owns this house. He was able to pay the mortgage off before we even met. So with that, he handles all of the utility bills he insisted on that so when it comes to me i pay for our housekeeper who we have come twice a month and i pay for every single grocery ever and if any other extraneous things come up i always offer to you know spend my own money for it with the house because um it's just the least i can do because i i don't have rent or a mortgage. And also this year, um, property taxes are fucking insane. So this year, because I had been living here officially for an entire year, Zach and I split property taxes. And that made me feel really good to do and feel like I'm contributing and, you know, paying my way to live in this amazing house with him. A bunch of people also asked how we split up chores or like household duties. And I would say that that came pretty naturally to us. Like I would say Zach does, you know, the traditional manly things like dealing with the trash. I only take out the trash if he's out of town and like he's very happy to do it like he wants to. Um, He also, I feel like wrangles the dogs more than I do. Like I'm with the dogs all day long. So like once he's gone... I'm on full dog duty, but he makes it a point every morning to like get them up, take them out, feed them, take them out again, and then go to work. Um, And a lot of nights, he's also feeding them dinner as well. And then something that we agreed on very early on into me moving in was that because I'm the cook and I do all of the cooking, he does all of the dishes. And it's never a conversation. It's fucking amazing. Like it's pretty much the most ideal situation a home cook could ever dream up for herself. So I feel very lucky that it worked out for us like that. And that's not to say there are plenty of times where he's either so fucking bogged down with Work or other things that I do the dishes. Um, And then also, like, I just want to make it very clear that even though he does all the dishes. That does not entail actually cleaning the kitchen. So he'll do a sink full of dishes and deal with all of that. But the kitchens will, st- the kitchen counters will still, you know, be splashed with food and oil and just be dirty. And I'm always the one who like cu- is like following behind him with a towel and fucking Windex and cleaning all of that stuff up. Also, our chore style is a little different. Like. I'm more of a tidy up throughout the week kind of gal and he is sort of a let the mess build for a week and then deal with it all at once kind of guy. But you know, it it doesn't bother me the way that I thought it would. And that actually kind of goes into the next question someone asked about, do you have moments where you want to commit murder? And honestly... I really thought that I would have more like I was fully prepared for that to be my MO living with a man like this is going to be so hard. I'm going to want to kill him all the time. I'm going to get so angry. I'm too OCD for this. I'm going to nitpick everything. I'm not going to be able to like relinquish control and let stuff go. But surprisingly, I'm not like that. And I don't know what that means. I don't know what that says about me. Or us probably good things I would guess but there are we don't really argue very much Zach and I and there have made there's maybe been like one or two times throughout our relationship that I've been like I'm gonna kill this motherfucker <laughs> like the way that I handle moments like that is I just kind of cuss under my breath or curse his name when I'm alone but it takes me a lot to get to that point a lot. And no one is more surprised with that revelation than me. I'm telling you, I was like, oh man, I'm going to be such a fucking nightmare to live with because I'm just going to be on his ass about everything. And it it is not that way at all. Okay, so two more questions I want to address before I kind of wrap up with my final thought. Um, someone asked what to do if you find yourself and your significant other in the quote-unquote roommate phase. Now, I will say that I think there is a difference between feeling like roommates and being comfortable existing separately together. I think those are two very different things and very different vibes. So existing separately together is like, to me, Zach and I both have to work in our respective office spaces at night under the same roof. And then we come together at the very end of the evening and watch an episode of a show that we have been watching together and cuddle on the couch. That, for me, is not roommate. That's just living your lives and getting shit done and then making sure to have a shared moment at the end of the day. Roommate, to me, is more like, you guys are just in a rut you know, you are doing everything separately. He or you haven't been home for dinner during the week. So you're, you know, eating your dinner separately, living completely separate lives, you're going to bed at totally different times. Um, You're like ships passing in the night. And I think that those moments are inevitable that like, that's just gonna happen. Like with any relationship, you're gonna have off weeks. And so I think that if you find yourself in a rut like that, one thing you can definitely do is plan a date night and plan a date night where you guys meet at the spot. So you're not getting ready in the same area as each other. Like you're not both in your bathroom watching the other get ready and taking out that element of surprise. So if you meet wherever you're going for your date, you can walk in, you have your whole outfit, you are like, You know, delighting him with your presence. Um, I think around the house, more too, is just to flirt more. You know, I mean, I think it can get, it can't be easy to just kind of get used to each other and just be existing. And so just flirt more, kiss more, like literally make time to have a quick kiss on the lips. Um, every chance that you guys get or every time that you pass each other. I think a lot of girls can relate when I say that I rely so much on Zach's random butt touches as as a sign of reassurance that we're good. Everything's good. He knows that I'm here. He, he still loves me. He is still interested in me. We're just kind of doing our own things in the moment. Like, If he walks by me, if I'm like bending over in any sense at all, and he walks directly behind me and doesn't graze my butt, I spiral. Also, I'm not trying to like be a sex therapist or anything or go down like the old married couple road, but like plan sex. Seriously, if you are getting dangerously close to feeling like roommates in that moment, fucking literally be like, hey, tonight... I want to fuck your brains out and and make the time for that and get each other excited for that and anticipating that and set aside the time to make it happen and just be with each other in that moment. And I think that can probably like work wonders if you're feeling like you're in a living together rut. The other thing that I wanted to address, because this was such a thing for Zach and I for a second is someone asks kind of like how you deal with different bedtimes and different schedules so Zach goes into the office every day like at this point I feel like he's one of the last people that I know that goes into an office every single day but like I mean him and his partner own their business it's a small business it's a very like secluded space and it works for them and Zach has to have that separation of um, you know church and state. So he gets up every morning, I would say around like 730, 745. And he leaves the house at 815 for the office. And he doesn't get home from work until 630. Um, sometimes earlier, if I don't know if it's like a really awesome special occasion. um, And definitely sometimes later. So I have not a routine like that. And it's honestly a problem for me. And I've been working a lot more in the past several weeks to figure that out for myself. It's something that I always talk about figuring out and I never really have, but now I've actually made moves. So because I'm a freelancer, everything is just a lot more loose with me. And, you know, I was sleeping in until like 10 and starting my day, and kind of just like bouncing all over the place. And so for the first long time of living together, I I would wake up when Zach woke up, but wouldn't, you know, get out of bed. And I would wait for him to leave. And I would usually always fall back asleep. And it just got to the point where I was like, I don't like this. I feel like a sloth. I'm wasting these precious hours. And I know how much it would benefit me if I was on a routine or more more into a routine. So um, as of late, I've been getting up when Zach gets up, like when he leaves the house, I try to be up and like standing on my feet. And I've really been enjoying that. I'm, I'm to the point now where I can't, I'm like, I can't believe that I was like sleeping until 10. That's so fucking insane like I don't want to trade those early morning hours for anything as for um, as for bedtime I would say Zach and I are both night owls and we both suffer from insomnia and we're both on sleeping medications for that so um, that like going to bed at the same time has never really been a struggle for us but I will say that You know, I was talking earlier about how I had such a routine with myself living alone with like falling asleep to the office and all of that. So it took me a while to break that. Like it was weird. It was weird getting into bed and not having like a screen and falling asleep to that. Um, I have finally broken that habit, but I would say once or twice a month, Zach is so much more tired than I am and ready to go to bed. And I'm not. And so I will go into the guest room and stay up later and watch the office literally on my phone until I fall asleep and sleep in the guest bedroom for the night. This actually happened just last night. Like Zach just it hit him so fast and hard how tired he was. And he also kind of was feeling nauseous. And he just wanted to get into bed right away. And I my brain was just not ready to power down, and so I literally headed to the guest bedroom. I like tucked him in, and I went to the guest bedroom and um, watched watched TV. And that's okay. Like you're gonna have moments like that, and I'm also still very much understanding that like it's okay if you go to bed at different times. Like that is that goes back to how I was talking about how I feel like. If we're both here, we should be doing everything the same at the exact same time. And more and more lately, I'm the one who gets insanely tired and Zach's not ready to wind down. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go get in bed and like read my book. And if I fall asleep, I fall asleep. And, you know, Zach has to reassure me about that from time to time. He's like, hey, it's okay. Like you're tired. You want to go to bed. I'm not. Like it's, it's okay. That doesn't mean anything's wrong. You know, I'll see you in the morning. I mean, yeah, like, of course, when you move in with someone, you want all of that to be picture perfect. You want to have a like fully realized bedtime routine with them. And for you guys to be completely on the same page in the same schedule. And that's just not, that's not how life works. Like maybe once you have kids, I know that that, is gonna change for sure. But like when you're in the early phases of living together, like you just gotta you just gotta figure your shit out. It's hard. It's hard to, you know, blend together different ways of going about your day. But it's possible and you'll figure it out. The last thing that I wanted to end on, like my final thought, was just the whole idea of picking your battles. Like I have heard that my whole life, but you know, in terms of other things, like not with romantic relationships, but really with everything else in life. And that this past year of having move, moved in with Zach and living with him has been a lesson for me in how true that statement is. You have to pick your battles or you're literally going to drive each other insane. And things that you thought would Bother you and drive you to nitpick and be kind of crazy about may not, and there might be other new things that make you want to go off, and that's normal and that's natural. But there really is such a thing as picking your battles and there being a time and place to get upset about things, like it's inevitable that little things that you do or that your partner does, you're gonna annoy the shit out of each other, you're going to piss each other off, and you're gonna want to call them out about certain things. But in living with someone, you really learn or you should at least strive to learn that it's not the end of the world, you are taking two lives. And even though like you guys may be super, super similar in how you operate, there are bound to be differences. So you're taking two lives and meshing them together under one roof where someone is going to fold a blanket a little differently than you do. Someone is not going to have the attention to detail you do and put the chips back into the cookie bin and they should have gone into the snack bin for chips. You can spend so much energy and time getting on their case about stuff or you can just accept that nobody's perfect and if they have little things like that that drive you insane you should be so lucky you're so lucky that you have someone that has little things like that that drive you crazy and you can work around them and you can make them into a joke you can turn it into a thing between the two of you I have found that that is a tactic that works really well well for Zach and I. Like instead of getting outwardly angry or annoyed or murderous with each other about things that we do around the house, we've just kind of made it a joke. Like we call it out and laugh about it because we recognize our weaknesses and our hangups and we still love each other despite all of them. Plus there are just such stereotypical things about living with a man and living with a woman. And if you can't laugh at them, then you will spend your time crying. Like, if I actually sat around and let myself get so angry about all the times that Zach has complained that we don't have any sort of dessert in the house, only to discover that there have been two different pints of ice cream in a section of the freezer that he never bothered to look, I wouldn't get anything done. Thank you guys so much for listening. That is going to conclude this episode. I hope you have some nuggets of information to take away from it. Also, just as a reminder to follow the That's What He Said Instagram for behind-the-scenes stuff visual guides when I get around to posting them and all that jazz. Also, if you would be kind enough to take a second to give my review a five star rating on Apple Podcasts and write a nice review, don't give me one star. Don't write that I'm insensitive. That doesn't help anyone. You're one of so many people who listen to this and don't feel that way. I don't need you fucking my average. But if you want to be nice and give me some encouraging words, that would be lovely. Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys. And I will talk at you next week.